it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are going sip it, yo. Our time's calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore oh lord you know i have no friend like you if heaven's not my home then lord what will i do the angels beckon me from heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't think I was going to have a song this week. And that's actually not my song. Actually, they could actually come for me. But that's Jim Reeves. um, This world is not my home. I love country music. I once thought I was going to be a country singer. But then my voice was like, lol, lol, lol. So that wasn't the case. Um, So yeah, guys, don't sue me. Jim Reeves, beyond the grave. Like, I know that you love me. You know I fucks with you. Like, let's not do this. I have all of your albums, please, please. Um, It's like somebody's skating or doing something stupid outside or something right now because I could hear lots of noise so I had to pause for a second there but anyway yeah I didn't think I was going to have a song I'm not in the mood really to make a song probably even from the title of this episode you'll just know that I'm not with the fuck shit I just give up but uh, I'm here I'm here making another episode and wonderfully too because I'm not you know, actually being sponsored for this episode. Um, it's not one of the sponsored ones, but I show up not for the peas, but just because I like to please. <laughs> anyway, it's me. It's me, Kalechi in the place to be. And this is S-Y-M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. So yeah, well, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. There is a lot of energies around at the moment. And I think that that's why that song has been replaying over and over in my mind, because it's one of my favourite songs. And um, I don't know if it's that uh, one. No, it's another one that Jim Reeves didn't, he recorded, but didn't hear um, and he passed away. So God forbid, oh, like my own life is protected in Jesus name. Um, but yeah, 
it's I, the song has just been on my mind because just this world as it is right now just does not feel like home to me. Like what feels like home to me is, you know, my immediate family. And maybe that is what it is for a lot of people, but just generally what I'm seeing out in society on social media, all of them things right now doesn't feel like home. Everything just feels yuck. But I'm glad that you liked the song last week. Um, Gone. Yeah, even I felt like my edges were growing back just by singing that song, just by creating it. But yeah, um, not related, but related. I just feel like if you listen to these episodes, you actually know which email address. If you're a true, true um, fan of the podcast, you would know the email address to send your um, reflections and your things to. And sometimes those who aren't actual avid listeners, but just want to have something to say, usually send it to the wrong address. But um, yeah, if you want to send things through, it's sym at kalechiokafor.com. And it's always, always in the captions for those who um, swear they're regular listeners. But yeah, that that's there. And I'll continue to do what the fuck I like um, is really the message for this whole episode. But um, yeah, let's let's get to it. Let's just do the things. Let's get into the tarot so I can go about my business Um I went for a run today. The run was glorious. I listened to two podcast episodes from Oprah's, uh, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. So that I did just over probably like six miles listening to two of those episodes. But yeah, it was, it was, it was glorious. And Eckhart Tolle, I think I'm a stan. I think that that's my boy. I think that that might be my homie. Please. I don't want to discover that he's like mad, but, um, he said some things in one of the episodes that I was listening to that really, really resonated with me. Well, he said many things. Um, and I think at the stage of my learning that I'm at in terms of spirituality and everything else, I just feel such an affinity with him that I think that I will delve deeper into learning more about what he has to say. But the thing that struck me was when he spoke about, um, previously being in such a low place in his life, in such a depressed state that he considered, um, taking his own life. And then he was, he was in bed when he was having all of these thoughts, these frightening thoughts and everything. And he just thought, oh, well, you know what? I just can't live with myself anymore. And he said that that was the moment that he had that revelation that what does it mean to say, I cannot live with myself anymore. That means that we are aware that there is the observer, the eternal observer, and then there's the ego self, right? And in that moment, something shifted for him and he you know, he started to understand that the eternal observer is always at peace because the eternal observer remembers that they're always part of source. Like they are always part of the divine. Like, in fact, that is divinity that resides within you. So that divinity is always at peace. It's never shaken. It's the ego self, it's the human self. It's the disguise of um, this, you know, that we're wearing as this human shell um, and this experience and this, you know, world that we've found ourselves, this construct that we found ourselves that has all of the worries, that has all of the insecurities, that has all of those things um, happening. 
So I thought that that was such an interesting thing because he said that from then everything just was different for for him and he began to know where he could find peace all of the time and the peace always was within himself. And it reminds me of all of the times that people say to me, like, what led you to therapy? What led you to where you are now doing the things that you're doing? And, you know, the whole premise of like dickhead in recovery for those who have the mug, boop, boop. But what led you to the whole premise of dickhead in recovery? And all of that came because, and, and I remember saying, and I've said it numerous times, that I was on the bus going somewhere. I can't remember where, but I was heading somewhere. And I was just on the bus and I thought, wow, it feels so horrible to live inside me. Like all of the trauma, all of the hurt, all of the anger, everything. It just feels so horrible to live inside me. And I think that that's when something shifted for me. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and seek out therapy and see if that helps. I'm going to seek out things that make it easier for me to live inside myself. And that's how I ended up, you know, on this journey and still very much, you know, effing and blinding and doing what I do, but definitely in a much better place than where I was, you know, years ago, I would say maybe about six years ago, six, seven years ago. Um, But the shift really started like, you know, when you're rousing from sleep, you don't always wake up straight away. So I'd say maybe the, the little things, the prompts were coming to me from maybe about like 2000 and I'd say 2008 because that's when something rather traumatic happened and in 2009 I spent 2008-2009 in Atlanta you know in America went to Washington DC again more trauma more turmoil but now seeing that it was actually um, an outward um, reflection of everything that was happening inwardly came back, um, was doing all I was doing, worked in call centers for a bit. And there was a point where I was walking through London Bridge uh, train station, heading back to Peckham from the call center. And I just thought, I'm not doing this anymore. I know that I want to um, focus on acting. I know that I'm a bum actress, like I'm a baby girl out in these streets. But while all of that is waiting to kick off, what else do I enjoy as much as I enjoy acting? Well, it's fitness because I've always been athletic. So in that moment, I decided, you know what, I'm going to save up my money from the call center and I'm going to do my personal training course. And I remember coming online on Twitter and saying that this is what I'm going to do and just following it through then. And then life started to change, but it was having that initial moment of it feels so horrible to live inside me that I was then able to take action to basically clear out, you know, if I, if we say that this body is a home, I was able to like, look at all of the gunk and debris that was in this home and just slowly start to like sweep it up and clean it and mend the walls and paint the walls and, and let some light in, you know, and it's a constant process because, you know, I think I've used the um, metaphor before, but you know, it's, it's a mansion, you know, it's a mansion, this life, you know, and so there are, there's so many flaws to like, clean and while you reside in others and you rest in others and you enjoy them there are other doors that you don't want to open for fear of all of the work and all of the monsters that you feel uh, reside behind those doors there's so much there's so much to do there's so much to contemplate but like running this morning and listening to that um listening to Eckhart talk, talking about that. Um, and that moment where the shift happened for him, it, it's like, I wanted to stop running. Like it's like something snapped in me, but I kept on, you know, kept on running, keeping 
my pace and everything, but it was just like, yes, that is what happened. I was on that bus resting my head against the window. And I just thought to myself, oh, this is so horrible to live inside me. But now that I go back and I think about that moment, who is the I that was living inside me? Like, who is the, who is, who is this, you know, who is this person that is observing the, the, the conditions and the environment that are my inner state? Who is that observer? And it was that observer that then prompted me to make these changes and, you know, be on this journey that I'm on now. And I don't think the destiny, I don't, I don't think the journey stops until you reach the final destination and shed this human body. Um, and I, and I do maintain that this world is not my home. Like this is not where I stop, but I can make as much of, you know, it while I'm here. But some days I just feel like it feels harder than others because I fucking hate humans sometimes in just the way that people behave. But I know that it's, it's, it's all happening for a reason and it's, you know, finding stillness and finding kindness and holding on to love, even when all of these things are happening and you want to clart people in their rascal throats. You just got to, you just got to hold on, hold on to your love. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, I said I was going to get onto the tarot. Then I went on to some kind of sharing of my life. Um, anyways, um, the first card that came up in tarot this week is the magician. And if you know, you know, this is one of my favorite cards. I've got the uh, painting um, or the illustration by my bedside above my altar. Um, this is, I'm using the Lisa style modern witch tarot deck and it's a black girl with two cute Afro puffs and she's wearing one cute red, um, cape and a beautiful white satin looking dress. And she's holding up a wand and the sign of eternity is right in between her Afro puffs. Number one above her head, beautiful flowers dangling down. And every element that we look at uh, within this, the wand, the cup, the pentacle, the sword is right by her. And she's got one hand up in the air and one hand pointing below. And that is to remind us that um, as it is above, so it is below. And so whatever we are seeing manifesting outwardly in this physical realm is it's, it's, it's really um, a reflection or a manifestation of what's happening spiritually. And to be aware that we ultimately are eternal beings, like no matter what is happening right now um, with the in our physical state, we are of an eternal consciousness. And some of us, maybe we still got many uh, lifetimes to go before we awaken to that. Um, or maybe later on in life, you awaken to that. But we are eternal beings and the things that we do now have consequences, you know, um, they affect time. They affect dimensions. And I think that people um, are unaware or they underestimate their own power. So they think that the things that they're doing, they're doing it in an individualistic sense. And um, they think that therefore there's no, there aren't repercussions that are wide reaching when that isn't the truth at all. So um the magician, we're more powerful than we know. Some of us see ourselves as page of pentacles. So we see ourselves as rather small in the grand scheme of things, but not realizing that the ideas that we have, that we hold in our hands, because the page of pentacles here is the next card. And we see a cute, a cutie wearing um, jeans and a striped top with a backpack. And again, there's, um, they're on away from the city life. They're kind of in like woodland 
and they're looking across, I'd say, the river or whatever to um, city life. So there's that idea of like also retreating to nature. And that's not necessarily if you you can go to the park, you can do all of that. But I think this retreat is like going back into the into self and uh, uh, like understanding who we are inter- eternally and internally. Um so understanding who we are on the inside and understanding how that plays out throughout all of eternity. So um, we're not we're not small picking out here, even if we're actually young. So some of you, I know that you're listeners and you're about, what, 16 years old, 15 years old and that. That just because those are your chronological years as we have it in this realm doesn't speak um, to your soul as well. Like there are deep things that you know that you've known without anyone really ever explaining to you. And it's honoring that, honoring the power that there is in still being connected to source. Um, But yeah, I think that a lot of things are born out of people not realizing their own power. And because they're not realizing their own power, they're trying to um, stop other people's power or stand in the way of other people exerting their power or sharing their light. They try to dim it and just basically move mad. And it's just that call for all of us to not be intimidated by the light that others shine, um, to not try to silence people that we know are out here being loud, um, in, amplify their voice, celebrate their voice rather than pretending that like, oh, I've got nothing to do with that. Oh no, she's just wild over there by herself. I've got nothing to do with that. Meanwhile, it's because of that person's um, alleged wildness and the way that they behave that you can be the antithesis to that and you can do what you're doing. So it's about understanding the ecosystem that we exist in, especially as black people, especially as black women, understanding that because a black woman is out there making these people, these people are believing her to fulfill certain stereotypes is the only way that you can be the opposite of that stereotype and do what you're doing and make the the moves that you're making. So it's all about like respecting respecting those people who are actually in the arena, because again, I was listening to Brene Brown, another um, episode that she did with Oprah. And uh, she um, referred to that Roosevelt quote again. And it just, every time I hear it, it just makes me think about myself that like, I'm out here, like really just like rumbling and rolling around and, and tussling and doing what I can with life and just trying to make the most I can make out of life. Yet people who aren't in the arena that are literally too scared to enter into the arena and live their own life with all of its contradictions and all of its conflicts and tensions, they can sit on the side and be like, I would have never done it like that. You bitch, you this, you that. Yeah. But it's easy for you to say, it's always easy for you to be the spectator and to be um, calling the shots from where you are because you're not the one that's actually doing all of this. Like, why don't you be brave? Like the, the power that you are so unaware of that you that resides within you can be accessed if you were only were just vulnerable with yourself first and foremost, honest with yourself first and foremost, to see that, you know what? Life is just hard and we are all making the best of it, you know? 
You don't want to admit that. So you want to go out there searching for perfection, searching for the faults in other people, looking for somebody to blame in everything that's happening. And who does that actually serve? What what does that actually do for you to be like, oh, well, you know, that person made me feel a bit bit intimidated because of how brave they are and the things that they're doing and how courageous they aim to be every day in facing themselves and facing the world. I'm going to go and talk shit about them. And then once I know that I've done that, then I can feel safe about staying where I am because then nobody can do that to me. That's bullshit. That's a shaming mentality. That's bullshit. And we are powerful beyond measure. And that power can only be accessed if we are vulnerable. So the magician's there, the page of pentacles there, and then the two of swords um, comes out in reverse. And again, it's just like, reiterating what I've just said, like you're, you're blind to your own power. You've got your hands crossed over your own chest because you don't want to let anybody in and you don't want to let anything out. So it's easy to look at what other people are doing and be like, oh, well, I think it should have been done like this. And mm, I do like them, but I don't like this. And I think that they should, you're try- if that person was everything you said that you wanted them to be, if they were everything you you said that you wanted them to be, you would still find fault because ultimately you are projecting. The projection is coming from you and just wanting to see perfection to make yourself feel shit about, oh, so it it is possible for someone to be perfect. Okay. Then in that, um, in that case, I was just never good enough. You're just looking for confirmation that you're not good enough. And fam, all of us are good enough. All of us are more than enough. Yeah. All of us are more than enough. And so for that reason, we have to access the power that we we have knowing that we are enough. So uncross your arms and let life in and let your grief out. Maybe if you let your grief out in a more um, conducive way, in a healthier way, then it's not spilling over onto other people who did fuck all to you, but live their own life. The last card is the Six of Swords when we see a figure, um, rowing the boat and, um, another figure sitting, looking towards where they're headed to. Um, so very, there's a lot of sword energy and then we've got the, like the pentacle. So it's like earth and air is what we're working with. But interestingly behind the two swords, there's still water. So we're still having to balance the air and water, um, in this, um, reading as well. So finding that balance between emotions and reason. Your feelings are definitely valid, but you have to be adult enough and responsible enough to look and aware enough, really not even adult enough, but aware enough to look at the feelings and think, where is all of this rooted? Where are these feelings coming from? Where, from what spring are they coming from? Where are they where are they rising from? Because few people sit down to actually interrogate why they feel certain ways. Oh, I just don't like her. And then they'll go ahead and start like writing bullshit and behaving however they're behaving without sitting back to think to themselves, but why don't I? What does it bring up in me this person doing what they're doing and living their life the way that they're living their life, what does it bring up in me? What insecurities, what grief, what does it, what loss does it bring up in me that I need to address? Because we're not taught to really sit, sit down and really sit with our emotions and, and really talk to them and find out the journey that they've been on to get here. It's just so easy to take action and be like, well, I'm just going to go at that person with all of this, um, 
grief that I haven't processed with all of this um, confusion that I haven't processed and send it their way. It's moving on from that. It's learning that there has to be a balance with how we um, process emotion and how we process the grief and how we process loss and all of those things that have happened to us and hurt and wounds, how we process them. We have to sit down and think about all of those things. And when I look at this, these cards as a whole and I relate it to myself, magician is just telling me that I'm the one in this situation that has control of everything that's happening. And at the same time, I'm still page of pentacles. I'm a child of the universe. So however big other people see me and they feel like, oh, you know what? It's easy to attack her because, you know, she does this and, you know, she thinks she's perfect. You don't know me, fam. You don't know me. And so this card is reminding me, Page of Pentacles, that as as much as I am the magician, as much as I am that supreme manifesting being, as much as I am that like energy source that connects with the energies that transcend time, and I'm learning more and more about that and about myself and just the, the... connections that I have to my ancestors and my, um, you know, my cultural deities and all of that, that as much as I'm learning about that, those connections and how strong they are and the reason for me to be here at this time and all of that stuff, I'm still a baby girl, just a baby girl in a baby world. Yeah. Don't ask me why I'll never sing that song properly. I just love singing it with a rubbish or rubbish like sounding voice. It's it's perfect. I think it adds um, Jenny San Juan to it. it. Yeah, it adds a certain Jenny San Juan. Um, but yeah, back to the reading. So I'm reading it as myself and I'm reading you. If I feel like if the um, ancestors were talking to me, if God was talking to me in my still moments, it'd be like, you are powerful beyond measure. And this is the reason that people behave the way that they behave towards you. But always remember that you are the page of pentacles. You're also a baby girl. You came here to do things with what you've been given. Don't be fearful, two of swords in reverse. Don't be fearful of the way that people are behaving and close yourself off from life because you chose that you wanted to make a difference. And to make a difference, baby girl, you're going to have to open yourself up and be vulnerable and share those stories and share those wounds and share that within the wounds, how you've gone about finding healing. So much, so many sirens today because you, some of you aren't staying in your house. This is it. They're having to come and drag you back inside your yard. Or maybe not. Maybe it's also the other rates that we've heard of about um, what's happening in the home. Praying for you all. Love you all. Anyway, back to this. So opening yourself up to life because yes, you keep, you, you take these knocks and you take these knocks and you take these knocks, but to retreat is not what you were here to do. Like you are literally not even a warrior princess. You are a warrior queen up in this bitch. So you're going to have to emerge again and emerge and your, the, the things that you have that make you, um, indestructible, uncancelable, unrattleable. Yeah. Is your vulnerability. The fact that you're always ready to stand firm and say, this is my truth and this is who I am. And because so many other people aren't ready to say, this is my truth and this is who I am. It's so easy to look at you and try to pick at the things that you choose to share and the kind of person that you present yourself to be, because that's the way that they pick at themselves. And that's the way that they're unwilling to see themselves. And nobody can perform, outperform their current state of consciousness. So if people aren't understanding what you're doing, that's not on you. That is only speaking to the level of consciousness that they currently possess. Yeah. Um, 
I think it was in one of the episodes that I might be um, Eckhart that was talking about spirit recognizes spirit. Yeah. So, um, you all know how much I love Leona Nicole Black. I love, um, Tatiana Tarot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Mariam Hasner that, you know, various, various, um, Shani Nicholas, like there were so many different, like astro- astrologers and different people that I really enjoy, um, what they do. But whenever I read their stuff, there's never a part of me that's like, Oh, I didn't know that. It's more of a, wow. Now I remember that because it's a remembering. It's an, it's a, it's a resonance. Like that thing that you read, that thing that caught you in the gut would not catch you in the gut in the same way. If your spirit wasn't awakened to that truth already, because think of things that you've seen so many times before, or think of like, I don't know, slow jam lyrics that, or songs that you've just liked. Yeah forever. And it takes a certain thing happening to you. And then you listen to the same song that you've listened to so many times before. And then suddenly it hits different. Suddenly it's slapping differently because now you found yourself through the experiences that you've had, you found yourself at a level of understanding that allows for that truth to resonate with your spirit. So therefore, how are you going to be able to help people to see and celebrate your spirit when they haven't even celebrated their own, when they haven't even seen their own spirit? People can only meet you as far as they have traveled themselves. So I have come to that realization and I'm just like, you know what? I give up. I give up. I'm not going back and forth with you, man. Yeah. It is what it is. You go with what you go with. And I've, I I had this also through secondary school, primary school, all of them things there, like, and even college when I went Brit school. Um, I don't know why I felt the need to that in. I'm such a dickhead. But anyway, um, when I was doing all of these things, I would, do something or I'd be into a particular type of music. The other girls in my year would be like, Oh my God, look at, look at Kelechi. Look at Kelechi liking that again. That's all she knows. She just likes this and she just likes that. That's all she knows. Literally a few months later, everyone's rocking the same thing. But fam, when I was doing it, all of you were chatting shit. And that used to really, really frustrate me because I'd just be like, but when I was doing it, you, you, you've said it didn't bang, but now all of you are doing it. Very, very interesting things. And I think that it's the same way with all of this. When I was, you know, really budding and emerging, um, as with all of these things that I'm doing now and all of the things that I've achieved, um, achieved, look at me, Af- African, um, all of the things that I've achieved, um, to bring me to this point. People were looking at me askance, you know, I was looking at her askance. They were looking at me and they were just, just like, what is she doing? But now everyone's jumping on the wave. Everyone like now, now it's the thing. Now it's the thing. Now everyone, you know, they're, 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 they're securing bags off, off work that I've been putting out there. And that's not even to say that there's a problem with that. I know that there is somebody that has to go ahead and there are people, there are women, black women who have come way before me to even allow me to do what I'm doing now. So it's recognizing all of those things, but I think what's interesting is that I don't think I was dashing stones at the, um, those women that came before me. But I think that with the energy that we see online and in life generally in our industries, it's a bit different where people are trying to like eat off you while pretending that you aren't the buffet while you like you're not the feast. It's, it's, it's a bit weird, but I understand ultimately that people operate at their level of consciousness. And, um, I have to find the humility 
in understanding that at one point, at many points, I was there too. And those are the times when I'm sitting alone. And there are some times when I think back to certain things I've done or said to people who I'm friends with now or probably not friends with now. And I just think I would have done that differently based on what I know now. I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger. That's such a tune. That's such a word. But no, honestly, this is the whole premise of being a dickhead in recovery. And I also appreciate that Eckhart Tolle said that there's n- regret is actually a, a good thing. Regret can be a good thing because regret, I don't know if it was him or Brene, I've probably merged all of them into one, but regret just talks, shows you um, about a time that you did something and I think it was Brene. Yeah. You did something and then you, you look back at it now and you're like, mm, I've, I've learned a lesson in that I've behaved in a way that I don't, I wouldn't want to behave now. So when people say, oh, I, I don't have any regrets. Like, what are you really saying? Like, I, I, we understand usually when people say that, like, they just mean like I've lived my life the way I wanted to live my life, but people have regrets, you know, people do. I have regrets. Um, and yeah, I always think mm, maybe I could have done that differently, but it's understanding and and showing yourself enough compassion to know that you dealt with things the best way that you knew how at that point of your consciousness then. But that doesn't mean that you don't learn and take ownership and accountability and responsibility for those actions and say, but you know, this is how I'm trying to do better. So it's moving forward because the last card, like I said, is the six of swords. It's a moving forward. It's finding a balance with reasoning and your emotion and finding somewhere, um, in a, a place, a, a beautiful equilibrium. And that is always shifting. You know, it doesn't just stay a constant state. It's always moving up and down, but finding somewhere where you can be like, you know what? I used to move mad back in the day and this is where I am now and and I can be all of me in this present, you know, in this presence, I can be all of me with all the awareness that I now have. This is who I am and moving on from that and moving on from those scenarios. And I just think that it's also me moving on and not holding on to stories of the numerous ways that people have hurt me and continue to hurt me and just understanding that from a, from an awareness perspective, people are doing what they're doing, but that should not change the fact that, um, I remind myself that I'm a baby girl and literally a child of the universe. And I'm just here to do the best that I can do with all of the resources that I've been given and, and leave it there. There's always going to be someone that has something to say, oh no, you're not black enough. You're not woman enough. You're not a feminist. You're not this, you're not, there's always going to be somebody that's trying to negate the work that you're doing. But if you sit there listening to all of the ways that people are trying to negate your source, your juice, your vibe, how are you going to be saucy? How are you going to be juicy? How are you going to be vibey? Do you get me? Like, nah, 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 can't stop this vibe. Can't stop this juice. Can't stop this source. Okay. That's that. Anyway, the next card that came up was from the say your mind affirmation card deck. And it says, I say my mind with love. Woo. That was actually the very first card that flew up when I was getting everything ready. And it said, it says here, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Woo. Can I get her? I don't want to, I was about to say, can I get her? Um, Arkla, amen. No, sorry. Can I get an, can I get an amen? Is it true? Boom. First thing, because more time, truth and facts aren't always the same thing. 
That's one. That's that's just one. And I, that's another thing that I'll tell you about this whole Kurokuro situation. Truth and facts are not always the same thing. Certain people run with things that they think are facts and they're not even truth. They're not even truthful. They're just running with things that they've been told and they've seen online. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to say this about this person because fuck off because none of it makes sense. Okay. So is it true? Is it kind? So even if what you have is now true, is it even kind? Like if you can't be kind and more time, a lot of us can't on online, then why, why are you doing it? Because I've been watching Insecure right? And I'm looking at the dynamic between Molly and Issa. And while they both have truths that they want to share with each other, the way that they're going about it sometimes is unkind, but that's just because of, we all do it when we just indulge in our humanness and refuse to, um, to operate at a higher vibration. So we just move mad and then we're like, but it was the truth. Yeah, it was the truth. But was it even kind to do it that way? Was it even kind to say it that way? Because there is always a kind way to deliver something. That doesn't mean that you're complex. Like you can still deliver something with, you know, with integrity, you know? So when people talk about, I'm just brutally honest. No, you're just a dickhead because there doesn't have to be brutality and honesty. Like sometimes truths are hard enough. It doesn't need you adding extra thorns to it. Fuck off. So there's that. And then on top of all of that is the, is it necessary? Because sometimes a lot of these Twitter theorists can really come out and they can be like, well, this is a thread on everything that you're doing and why I think it's ra-da-da-da-da. That's not even to necessarily say that the points that you're making aren't necessary or they're not relevant or they can't be of use, but it's always odd how it's framed. And it's always odd at the times that people bring it out. And it's just like, mm, I don't think that you're doing that as a, from a place of really wanting to educate people. You just want to dim somebody else's shine. And I just think that that's a bit mad. Um, so it says here, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? These are the questions we should ask before committing ourselves to words. If we are confident that we have met these requirements, then we can stand firm in our word. And this is why I said that I'm one, uncancelable, two, unrattleable. Yeah. And I can't even remember the third one, but I said it earlier. So you can go back and, and go and listen to what I said. But that's why I said it. Because... I stand firm in what I know now at this level of consciousness. Should that change, I turn around and go, oh, look at what I've just learned. And this is why I say that this podcast is an, it's an exercise in accountability. I've learned so much from committing myself to finding new content and information every week for this podcast. I've learned so much that I did not know. So I come on here and I'm like, boom, this is what I've learned. And this is why I found out. And this is my opinion on that thing. You know, it's, there's humility in that. And there's vulnerability in that because I can come back in 10 episodes time and be like, guess what I've just found out. And it's, it's a, it's a different story, but there should be the, the room for change. What I can't take are people who show up online. Yeah. You can tell that they literally just learned this thing five minutes ago, if not two minutes ago, and they'll go, what, what we don't discuss enough is what we need to be do, do, do. I can't stand when people don't know that we should, fam, you literally, you were never, ever talking about that. So clearly you two have just discovered that thing. So why don't you say it from a place of compassion 
rather than coming and beating the people over the head with the information that you've just found because you want to appear authoritative. Like who in your life made you feel like you need to know everything all of the time? Otherwise, what? You're dumb and you're not enough. You are enough even when you don't know things. It's okay to not know things because the whole reason that we chose to be here at this time is so we could learn and we can evolve. So that's all right. It's all right. So that's that card anyway. And then from the Lisa, um, Lisa style, from the Marcella Kroll deck, um, the Oracle deck, I pulled number five, which is affluence. And five always makes me think about conflict as well. The conflict that people have when they see other people looking like they are excelling. Oh, it says here, um, divine feminine. So again, she messed up this. Oh, number four is affluence here. Okay, cool. Well, she's put number five on the card. Anyways, it says, wealth in all forms is available to you now. You are rich on all accounts. Amen. Drawing this card invites you to feel the abundant flow of having all that you need on the material and spiritual plane. Oh, I claim it. I claim it. It says, if you are inquiring about a situation or relationship, this is certainly indicating that there is much to be experienced here. Enjoy the fruits of your labor your labor you are being provided for and rewarded at this time um exactly affluence enjoyment abundance i don't know why people are so allergic to seeing other people looking like they're living a life of abundance or looking like they they have things and they're happy with the things that they have or the life that they're living. Is it because so many other people are not happy with their lives that they behave in this way? I imagine so. I imagine that they're working from a place of scarcity. And so therefore they think that if this person is living abundantly, and I'm not even talking about just necessarily material wealth in like the capitalist sense of all of the signifiers, like big car, fancy house. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about someone that looks secure in themselves. The abundance is the security they have in the person they are so many people want to jump up and and almost like tear them down is it because you think that because they have that abundance and you're working with that capitalist mentality that well if they have that means that I am without no because the way that spiritual abundance works is that there is literally an infinite amount it's a never-ending well that there is enough for all of us there is literally enough like while others of us are like literally gulping drinking from from the spring of life Some of you men are just gargling and spitting it back out and then you're getting vexed that you're thirsty. We are not your fucking problem. The ones who are drinking from the well of abundance and eternal life are not your problem. Your problem is yourself and whatever you have believed and whatever has been indoctrinated within you to tell you that you are not deserving of life, that you are not deserving of of, of drinking from that same well. Beef yourself. And that is what you're doing. You're beefing yourself and then you're taking it out, projecting it onto other people. Omar, drink enjoy don't be tasty don't be tasty men nonsense so anyway that's the reading for um this week and um it goes into so much and it's so relevant gosh thank you spirit guides and thank you all my archangels oh mother god father father god thank you for just blessing this reading thank you for that i felt it i felt it in my bones 
Well, now let's move on to share your magnificence. I've got a couple of letters that I think I'll read out. Um, first of all, let me actually say, big up yourselves, Mariama. Two slaps on your chest. Thank you for your gift. Uh, thank you, Demetrius, baby, baby. Two slaps on your chest. Thank you for um, your gifts through PayPal. I appreciate your loads. Thanks. Um, so anyway, to my first letter, it says, Hi, Kalechi. I felt to write in so many times over the years of listening to your podcast, but have never got round to doing it, probably because I never, I've never been that motivated. Until now, when we find ourselves in this strange time of lockdown and our worlds have been shaken in so many ways. Working as a psychotherapist and manager of one of South London's mental health services, I've been um, experiencing challenges to my own mental health, not to mention the fact that my father is terminally ill and in very final stages of life. And I'm relatively, I'm a relatively new mother trying to juggle working from home, caring for my father and all of life's other bits. I'm just going to pause there to say that I'm thinking of you and I'm sending you all of the love and I'll continue with your letter. Um, but I also been taken on journeys with my patients through their stories of this strange time. It's all a bit over, um, overwhelming. So when I'm not falling asleep on the sofa at 8.30 PM or watching mindless TV, I've really been drawn to things which make me happy and keep my spirits up. One of those things has been your podcast. Obvs. Thank you. But another has been the focus of um, my share your magnificence. Her name is Grace Joseph and she's a fitness instructor in and around South London. I used to be obsessed with her before having my baby and loved attending her classes. She does various things like Zumba, from Zumba to Fight Club and her classes were always high energy, high fun, and you always left feeling uplifted and happy. Her vibe is amazing. After having my daughter, it took me ages to get back into fitness and I was just really starting, uh, I just, I was just really started getting back into things when all of this COVID stuff took off. I follow Grace on Instagram and noticed that she started doing online classes via Zoom. I got in touch with her and she quickly added me to her WhatsApp group, which has over 100 loyal groups race followers. She has been doing a class a day via Zoom and then uploading some of them to YouTube for people that can't attend the set times. She makes everyone who attends her classes in person and online and on her WhatsApp group feel like family. She's made it clear that classes are free, but donations are accepted, which to me is ridiculous because in my mind, anyone attending any of her classes needs to pay her for the value and joy that she brings. She truly is magnificent and I just wanted to big her up. Sorry if I rambled, sending you all of the love to you and your family. Thank you. Two slaps on your chest um, for writing this in. I appreciate you. Um, And big up Grace Joseph, big up bringing joy to people's lives through fitness. Like it's such a very tight rope to walk sometimes because, um, you know, people can use fitness as a way to shame themselves and do all sorts and shame others. But you are bringing light to people and you're bringing joy to people's lives and you're just doing it because you enjoy it um, just by saying, you know, you can donate wherever you want um, or, you know, donate nothing. It's up to you. But I just want you to have this class. I just want you to feel great. So thank you for being that light. Thank you for doing the work that you do. It's greatly appreciated. So two slaps on your chest, Gracie, babe. Well done. Um, so my next letter, let me see who, there was another letter that I liked. Oh, here we go. 
Next letter. It says, hi, Kalechi. Thank you for saving us with your podcast in these isolation times. I hope you have all of the love around you with your family and are safe, well, and prospering. I'm not going to write too much. I felt that this, um, I felt that um, I feel that it's, um, it must get overwhelming at times between everything coming in, social media and the fuckery that is this country's government. Fuck the Tories. Yep. I have, um, I've had to turn everything social media off for a bit so that I can tune into my own rhythms, looking after being well, uh, with myself. So I hope that you are looking after yourself too. Anyway, I wanted to write to share, uh, for share your magnificence to pick up my friend, Annie Ma. Um, I have to say thank you. First of all, you are the reason we are friends. Thanks to your live show. Standing on the stairs on my own, I was excited to be there, but also a bit apprehensive about coming alone. She came up to me in the queue and was chatting immediately. It was her, Kason Harlow, my babe, a boy. Um, shout out to you two in the US. And myself, we had all come um, on your, on our own and it was so lovely to have people to talk to. We pushed each other to be brave that night and come and stand on the stage with you and say our piece again. Thank you. I cannot begin to say how liberating that was and how necessary it was. We were often left in tears listening to everyone speak. It was a room full of magnificence. Well, I made a new friend that night and I want to share her magnificence with you and the listeners for two reasons. First reason, it has been so lovely to make a good friend in such a short space of time you know when you meet those rare people who just know you will who you just know you will probably be friends with for a very long time she's one of them she posts the most incredible things on social media I know you have shared some of her posts and comments and things she has written into you and I've learned so much from her and through her in all her shares um her kindness and giving nature shines through. She also takes no bullshit and they're the friends we need right now. The bullshit levels have reached a critical mass. I guess this is also a shout out to all our friends like this, especially now and especially when love and friendships, true friendship and connection are really the biggest thing that matters. My second reason is it was her birthday last Wednesday. Happy birthday, Annie. Um, she kept it under the radar until our chat today. And I think these are weird times for birthdays, being isolated, not being able to share and celebrate with loved ones. She treated herself to the most beautiful cake from Vegan Sweet London in Thornton Heath. And the first thing she did was offer us a social, um, socially distanced piece. <laughs> um, she would leave for us to pick up. Um, it's acts of kindness like this that will get us through all of this. And this is why I would like to suggest Annie for this week's Share Your Magnificence, for being a beautiful human and friend and being a birthday baby girl. Thank you, Michelle. Wow. Yes. Big up yourself, Annie. And, and, I, and I hope I've said it before on this show. And if I haven't, like Annie's an actual real one. From the moment she started listening to this podcast, I don't, I, I never met a champion like her. Like, should I get to the point where I can like get um, a proper publicist for all of my things, I'm going to get Annie because she is on it. Like she's incredible. She's in, just very, very intelligent, very loving, very kind and super funny. So I totally second this message. Happy birthday, Annie. Thank you for all of your kindness. And thank you for just being a positive energy. Whenever I'm online, you only ever bring positivity and 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 kindness you know and i really really appreciate that so two slaps on your chest uh, uh, two slaps on your chest annie and two slaps on your chest michelle 
for writing in. Thank you so much. That's a beautiful show, your magnificence. And uh, I love it. I love it so much. Um, the next one I was going to bring up is Bucky Baccaray. Um, I think I mentioned the film Rocks before. It was meant to come out April 10th. But because of all of this stuff that's happened, I think that it's been, they've delayed the premiere of the film. The film is a coming of age um film with two black girls. One um, is a Nigerian girl. I think she's Nigerian, Bookie, who's in it. My other friend is in, in it as well. Fumilayo, she's in it as well. It's a really, and I think it's Sarah Niles in it as well. I think Sarah's in it as well. Yeah, it's just a really, it's got great cast. It's written by Teresa Ikoko. Um, and it's stunning. It's stunning. It's literally my favorite film. Like I wish that that film existed when I was a teenager, you know, in secondary school, it's beautiful. And the lead actress Bookie, um, is up for, uh, she's been nominated for this award. Well, um, on days, days, digital days, 100. She's one of the nominees for days, 100. She's only 17 years old. When I tell you this girl was giving me actress act, it was, she was so beautiful. And, um, wonderful in her role um, as rocks in this film that at times I thought it was a documentary because it was so beautifully done. It was so gorgeous. So um, I'll put a link for you to vote for Bookie. I know that you haven't seen it yet, but I would never lead you astray. This film is incredible. You know, like I've talked about other films on here and you can see the verbal gymnastics I do around getting just getting around the fact that I thought the film was, whew, but you know, I, I always managed to dance around that. But in terms of Bookie and Rocks, this film, it's, it's amazing. Like it's, so, it's, I cried, I, like it's so beautiful. So if you can vote for Bookie because she's part of the Days Digital uh, 100, please do so. So I'll put the link in the captions and you can vote for her. But Bookie, she's lovely. She's an actual babe, beautiful girl. Um, yeah. So that's that for share your magnificence. And now I'm going to move into set of so you mad. Oh, this week on so you mad. I've only got two things. One's a letter and one is something that I saw from ESPN because ESPN are clearly fucking mad. So you know that the draft picks were happening. I think it's for the NFL. They were happening. And so this wide receiver, T Higgins, um, they were putting up his stats on the TV. And one of the things that they put up about him was, it says here, yes, ESPN put, get to know T Higgins from Clemson. Um, I don't know what that state is, but I'm going to miss that out. It says here, hometown, Dark Ridge. I think that's Tennessee. Finalist for 2016 Tennessee Mr. Basketball held offers from Lou Orb and Tennessee. Don't know what that means. Louisiana and something else and Tennessee. Anyway, it says Sister Kiki played basketball for Middle Tennessee State. Mum, Camilla, fought drug addiction for 16 years. Okay. I just want to know how any of that fucking flows. How does that, any of that go together? Like, why, why would you put that with that? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And why is it all the time that like, when it comes to black people, you want to put something in there that you're just wanting to make robust this stereotype about blackness. Like what is ESPN's problem? Like, why did that need to be a thing? Obviously T Higgins now tweeted and he says, I'm proud of my mum for turning her life around for me and my sister. I have no problem with them showing the world that my mum is a true fighter. And I know he's trying to be positive in all of this. And I, but I see that in the comments, people had to let him know, like, 
yes, that you're proud of your mum and you have no problem with them showing it, but they're doing, they're not doing it to be cute, my G. They're doing it to be nasty and they're doing it to be rude. Yeah, because if it was a white guy that was one of the draft picks or whatever, that's not something, they're not going to put like his dad watches ebony porn and this and that. They're not going to, they're not going to put some random things. They're not going to do that when it's a white family. They only ever save this energy for black people. Like, oh, single mom or, you know, absent father, drug. I was, I finally finished, uh, finished watching Little Fires Everywhere and it is phenomenal. Like, it's so great. I enjoyed every moment of it. Like in terms of, even the words, like the script is incredible. Absolutely brilliant. It's so lyrical. It like when you're watching it, it almost reads like a play. Obviously I know that it was a book first or it is a book, but just watching it, oh, beautiful acting from everybody. I really, really enjoyed. I really, really enjoyed that. But I also looked at the casual way. It was almost like an insight into, um, how white families talk about everybody else and how, um, when Elena was congratulating her daughter, she was saying, oh, well, you know, it wasn't like you were picked to go to this um, uni out of, um, from a quota. And that's literally it. Like, even when you're a black person that excels at something, they'll tell you that it was because of affirmative action that you got the thing, or they were just trying to fill a quota. Or maybe my white G, they were just trying to fill a quota with you and have as many white people as possible, despite your mediocrity. That's why you're here. Don't watch why I'm here. Don't fucking watch why I'm here. Watch why you're here. And you're here because there's, there's enough space. There's lots and lots of space for your mediocrity. You're the one filling a quota. Yeah. Not me. So I just thought like when, whenever black people do something and then they're like, excellent, somebody has to come with one story, whether it's a white person bringing the story or it's a black person bringing the story. Just somebody has to bring a story as to why that thing doesn't deserve really to be celebrated because and all of it always pretty much always still comes back to white supremacist patriarchy still, still comes back to the same thing, no matter which way you dress it that is still where we're coming back to really. And that's what we should be addressing. But no, everyone wants to stay fighting on surface level bullshit. So I just looked at MT's comment and I just think that he was just trying to be positive. Like I have no problem sharing that because I'm not ashamed of my mum. is what I heard him saying, but he should never have been put in that position in the first place because ESPN are clearly dickheads. And it's funny the way that ESPN and, and white America generally weaponizes drug use, not even just white America, like fucking you. UK as well. Drug use, drug uh, possession, all of that is weaponized against black people, brown, I'll say black people specifically in this situation, drug use and, and addiction and all of them things that are weaponized against black people. But when it's white people, oh, it's a disease. Or when it's white people, oh, you know, it's a public health issue, not a criminal issue. And these are the ways that there are disparities in the society that we live in, because one pe- one type of person is showing empathy for their addictions and everything else they're going through, while the other person is thrown in jail or, or ostracized or vilified for it you know it's just a bit mad you know when they when it's white people using drugs you get a louis thoreau a documentary when it's black people it's oh well you know they all need to go to jail and then you still get a louis thoreau documentary because he goes and sees them in jail and they've been in there for freaking since they were nine years old or something you know so I just saw it and I I definitely got where t was coming from but I just think um, where t higgins was coming from but I just feel like 
ESPN shouldn't have done him like that in the first place. And it's not even necessarily a case of he's trying to keep it a secret. No, it's just that there are some things that's none of your fucking business. Focus on the sports, my G. Focus on the sports. That's what we're here to talk about. Not not what how many years my mum spent, you know, fighting drug addiction. Shut the fuck up. So I just wanted to share that because it really annoyed me. I just thought, what the hell is this? It's, um, let me move on then. So I'm going to go to my next letter. Um, which one did I? Yeah. So this one is the reason I put a trigger warning on the podcast episode. So you've um, got that. Uh, and it says here, um, dear Kelechi, I've never written into a podcast before, but I've been listening to Say Your Mind since March 2018 and I'm hooked. I struggled speaking in public. I muttered my words and spoke super fast and quiet. I just wanted to expel the words out of my mouth so I could finish and somersault back into obscurity. I hated speaking. I hated commanding attention and I hated being seen. I went to your live show in December. Wow, so many of you in December said, I went to your live show in December and the tarot reading gave me the dragging of a decade. My follicles haven't recovered. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking in a Northern voice. And my tongue has been trying to break free from my mouth ever since. And I'm terrified. I never really found the words to tell anyone the little T trauma I faced without someone screaming victim complex from my memory. I remembered that you like writing poetry. So I thought I'd give it a go. Please kindly note that the following material contains fuckeries, violent fuckeries. It's called 2014. Here we go. It was a Friday night in Fulham when you took my hand. We drank a little. We danced a lot. You seemed like a good man. I've known you for a few years now. You have everyone's respect. I caught a straight flush when I realised you were the full deck. When you took me home that night and we swirled on your next on your next best bed, you looked me in the eye and told me that I shouldn't be so scared. You see, I wasn't experienced at this. All my life, they said it was a sin. But as you cradled my hips and kissed my neck, you whispered in my ear, let me in. You were patient with me. We took many breaks. I felt invaded. I kept seeing that man's face. You kissed me on the cheek when you said goodbye. I felt like I'd let you down. I felt like I sold you a lie. The next day I got a call that I won't forget so easily. The indifference in our friend's voice. He dropped it so casually. He told me everything. I heard it all. The way you spoke of me. Nigger, monkey, whore. They said I should have seen it coming. That this was all my fault. That girls like me give it up too easy that nobody could seriously like skin the colour of malt. But Makosi is famous, they said, and Jinx can sing. So why are you so offended by the likening? Monkeys are cute, they said. We thought it was funny. You're being too sensitive. Was it not you who opened your fanny? Why did you sleep with him then? Your best friend said, his skin as black as mine. He's not racist. We make these jokes all the time. They said you had lost so much, dad to cancer, brother to the sea. The world is now your stomping ground and your first target was me. It wasn't said the way you were told it was said. She shrugged, flicking her blonde seasonless curls. Boys will be boys. It's not the end of the world. I spent a lot of time that year shouting about equality 
why having sex doesn't make me less, how I'm human, how I hurt and how I feel. They said I had a chip on my shoulder, the Vic to end all Tims, a mad, angry black woman. They descended into my DMs with Vim. I remember the burning rage. I remember it all too well. I jumped on my electronic stage and cursed your entire lineage to hell. Now they're saying I'm crazy, that I took it too far, that I should be the bigger person and apologise for poking at your scars. I know it wasn't right. I just wanted everyone to see that if you didn't want it done to you, then you shouldn't have done it to me. The silence sung louder than any cockerel I can. It cut me soul deep. The sound shattered my rose-tinted glasses. The shepherd was gone and so were his sheep. It rung in my ears for years and years. You could hear it in my fake laughter that I'd been crying real tears. I found wisdom in the words of black women who had experienced the same. Now I can name the particulars of the fuckery. You were in the wrong. I am not insane. They say until the hunted learns to write, every story will be told in favour of the hunter. My pen gyrates with righteous anger. My Negro wake-up call has woken my slumber. Gone are the days you smile as I wallow. I spit in the face of silent suffering I do not swallow. Nina Simone said the absence of fear is true freedom. So good luck to those dickheads when I see them. Because the power is mine and it will never be yours. So I can look you in the eye when I hand you your straws. Pull up. Selector. No, that was amazing. Thank you so much for writing that in. Let me f- actually finish your letter. It says, I'm so sorry that this was so long and thank you so much for reading. It felt therapeutic writing this poem. I wrote it on behalf of my younger self. I wanted her to know that I love her, I see her and I care. Thank you again for these precious minutes of your time. I really appreciate everything you do for black women. You are an inspiration. I wish you all the joy, love, peace and serenity that's available in this earthly realm. You deserve it. See you at the next live show. Love from a place of abundance, a baby girl in training. Why? No, that was amazing. Hey, baby girl in training. I need to, I need that in a t-shirt, baby girl in training. No, you're, that was beautiful. And I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry um, that people are vile and horrible. And again, you know, it's pretty much what we've been talking about up until this point. People are operating from how conscious they currently are and going about hurting others and leaving them with scars. And so I'm so sorry that you are on the receiving end of that, but I'm proud of you and I'm so happy for you that you're finding your voice and you can loud it up as much as you want to. Like you do, you, you use your voice truthfully. You use your voice with kindness and with love and you, you just loud up the thing. like do what you need to do and know that we support you. Fuck that little dickhead, the black boy that was just like, oh, well, you know, we make jokes like that all the time. You're part of the problem. You're the black friend. You're the foolish black friend that these white ones always want to draw out when it's time to justify their fuckery. Like, well, this is my friend and my friend didn't have a problem. Your friend needs to get clotted. 
Yes, your friend needs to get kicked in the asshole. What the fuck? Don't tell me about your friend. Your friend's a dickhead. Your friend's useless. So I'm really, really sorry. But I'm sending you all of the love and massive, massive consensual hugs to say, you know, you're so brave. You're so incredibly courageous for just letting yourself um, appear in the world as who you truly are. And nobody is going to dim that shine. So big up yourself, baby girl in training. Um, so that's that for So You Mad. I'm going to move on to then Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mom, Suck Your Mother, Suck Your Mother. Um... So let me just see the straw of the week. I've got a letter for that too. Wow, so many letters. I've got another one that I was meant to add into notes, but I never did. Um, Oh, yeah, I didn't end up adding it, but this would have been in Share Your Magnificence. So I might as well read it out quickly now before I go on to straw of the week. It says here, um, hi, Kalechi, love the podcast. In case you haven't seen it, this story would make an excellent addition to Share Your Magnificence. Um, It's an Al Jazeera segment. There's amazing health professionals in Senegal who have harnessed their experience with infectious diseases to deliver a cheap test for COVID-19 and already talking about sharing it with the rest of Africa. So two massive slaps on their chest. So I'll give you guys the link to check out the work that they're doing in um, Senegal. Um, And it's interesting, isn't it, that we're out here doing the work, you know, in where we are doing all of these things and we're just sharing, sharing with everybody, like everybody can get it. Everybody, here you go, everybody. But, um, that energy isn't always met, um, on the other, on the other side, people just want to come to, um, Africa, the continent of Africa and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to just come and test these medicines on people. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to be wonderful. And it's truly unfair. Like it's very, very unfair. But the fact that people are learning from all of the things that have happened uh, with previous um, epidemics and pandemics and things like that and various viruses that they've now been doing the work to come up with something that is um, accessible for people because that's what matters you know accessibility and this is why we're seeing the disproportionate rates of death and um, you know infections um, and everything when we look at the UK for instance with COVID-19 and black people because you know, they don't want to talk about these things as if it's, um, you know, they almost want to talk about it as if it's an inherent thing, it's a biological thing, when actually it's a, it's an institutional, it's a systemic reason, it's that bias, it's that um, active um, silencing, it's that act, active willful ignorance that's causing all of this. And um, people don't want to, um, they don't want to address it. And it really gets me. It really, really really annoys me. So thank you for sending that in. And I will remember to add the link. I'll make myself remember. Anyway, let's actually move on to straw of the week then, aka suck your mom. Um, first letter. Well, letter says, dear Madam Prime Minister Kalechi Okafor, thank you. I hope this, that this finds you well and all of your loved ones well. I come to you with blessings and prayers of protection for you and immense, immense gratitude. Thank you so much for continuously giving us SYM episodes despite everything going on. During all this, your podcast has been a constant source of wisdom, encouragement and joy. On top of helping me to live my best life, you enable me to expand my vocabulary. The other day, my younger brother was moving mad. So I told him not to be stupid on any day that ends with why. Another friend was being foolish, so I urged him to not become the devil's essential worker and just... (laughs) 
Just when I thought you'd given me so much, you bring even more great offerings. I would like to offer you a small token of appreciation. So please send me your bank account or PayPal details. Will do. Thank you very much. Um, I would like to nominate a certain section of classed Africans for straw of the week. These people ask why um, more black people are dying of COVID-19 in the US than any other group. Uh, when you explain to them how systemic racism means that black people have less access to adequate health care, and even if they do, they are not believed by medical practitioners when they express that they are unwell and are turned away, these class Africans open their smelly mouths to say, yeah, but I lived in the US with black Americans. They're lazy and don't like to work, so they can't afford good health care. They're the same rascal idiots that are quick to condemn people who are often working class in some African countries that are beaten by the police for allegedly outing um, lockdown regulations. Where were they going? They know the rules, they shout. It's very interesting to me that these people think that their wealth and privilege shield them from the racism that comes with living in a black body. It's truly astonishing how they forget that they did not have wealth and privilege, that they too would be flogged left, right and centre by the police. They need to use all the soap and water that they have to rid themselves of their fuckery and foolishness. More importantly, they should take several straws and suck their mums, sending you peace, joy and health avid listener. Thank you so much for that. I agree. I can't stand, I can't stand a fucking snobby African. I can't take it. My spirit can't take it. Especially when people talk um, about um, African-Americans in that way. And for a long time, I really believed it to be true because I didn't have many experiences with um, black Americans. So I would just be like, oh yeah, what they say, the name that they call them, it makes sense. It makes sense. Only for me to actually go and be like, no, People are just dickheads the same way that their people are dickheads everywhere. And people are wonderful the same way people are wonderful everywhere. So what is the nonsense? Why are we perpetuating these things? And fam, you lot are following the same rhetoric and calling these African-Americans lazy. Fam, if I were, even if, yeah, even if, hypothetically speaking, even if, yeah, I was an African-American and I was lazy. Fam, I spent 400 fucking years building this country. I can rest if I want to. All right. I can fucking rest if I want to. How about that? Hmm? How about that? But that's not the fact. That's not the fact at all. Because again, it's a different narrative that we're given to obscure the truth. They give you things to look like facts in order to obscure truth. How can these people be lazy when they built this entire country? We're not just looking at the Americans, um, America here. We're looking at the Caribbean and all of and Brazil, all of these places. Like these men came and they built everything that you're now living off. And then you will have the cheek to call them lazy fam. You were the fucking lazy ones. You were so lazy that you didn't want to do the job yourself. So you traveled for weeks on water, not brushing your teeth, not cleaning your asshole, traveled to the continent of Africa, stole people, brought them just so they could do their they could do the work for you like you weren't even ready to do the work so who is the actual lazy one and then now when you get stressed when you get vexed the first thing you reach for is a gun that because you still don't know how to process your emotions you still don't know how to do any work yeah to calm it calm it drop the level down drop your voice down drop the volume yeah and this is what gets me when other black people when africans buy into that narrative and they're like oh yeah these americans and these caribbean people are this and they're that shut your fucking mouth shut your fucking mouth because you don't know you don't know and don't buy the lie that you're being told that you're somehow superior to them because of this and you're that we're all in the same boat and that boat's gonna fucking sink if we don't get our act together and start rowing in the same rascal direction okay so thank you for sharing that avid listener. I appreciate you. Um, 
my straw of the week uh, goes out to many people. I want many people, many, many, many people, many, many, many people to suck their mother. Many, many, many people. No, I, I want many people to suck their mums because the things that I saw take place online last week just reaffirmed to me that... Um, Black people, honestly, at times we behave like the fucking weakest link. So I saw, I mean, by the time this episode comes back, baby girl might be back. Um, but oh, by the time this episode comes out, baby girl might be back as in Nella Rose. But I saw that Nella Rose uh, deactivated her things. Like I wasn't following her before. I, I think like I'm not the target audience for the things that she does. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big girl, like I'm in my thirties. So, um, but I've always seen her and, you know, she's doing her thing over there and I'm just like, cool, 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 you know? But I was disgusted to learn of the way that she was run off Twitter and the comments that people were leaving for her, even after she issued an apology, somebody saying that, oh, the apology was just too perfect. What do you mean it's too perfect? Why do you people hate black women so much? Why do you hate black women so much? And I've actually, I'm asking that question to actual black women because there is nothing There is nothing that divides black women more than the subject of black men. Let that one sink in. There is nothing that divides black women more than the subject of black men. We can be in a room where we're meant to discuss how we move forward as black women and somebody will bring up men, 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 men. We have to do many men with stress upon me, got sperm in my eye and I can't see. I'm trying to be who I'm destined to be. And people are cussing red velvet cake. No, so, wow. Wow. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. I was disgusted to learn that um, because of the nasty, ashy, smelly behavior of people online, this girl deactivated her pages and she just had to leave and people were bringing up her dead mum. They were bringing up her miscarriage. And and I'm telling you lot, yeah, even if hell, hell, hell isn't real, You're in hell right now. Some of you are in hell right now because you can't say the things that you say. You can't live the life that you're currently living and not be unhappy. Unhappy people do unhappy things. I keep stressing it to you, man. So when you think that you're coming at me and you think that you're coming with facts and you're really coming with um, vim and you think you're coming with, you know, these things that's going to hurt me and slice me, you could never, you could never come at me. You could never shake me. I'm unshakable. I'm unbreakable because my strength comes from the the Lord, not from any of you little pussy clots on online. Yeah. So Nella, if any of you, because I know some of you are well connected. If any of you know Nella Rose, like let her know that I said, the baby girl said, don't let these, don't let these fucking complexes. Yeah. These complex squared. Do not let these people get the better of you. Yeah. You're a baby girl. Keep doing what you're doing. We all have learning to do. We've all had to, to, to go through some kind of transition. And there are all things that we've done that we regret. Anybody that's trying to come at you, they've also done things that they regret. They're just lucky that maybe nobody gives a shit about them to go and try and look it up or to try and drag it back and do this and do that. Because the thing is the energy isn't consistent. Yeah. The energy isn't consistent because when other people were talking about dark skinned girls, everyone was ready to forgive. And that person, those people have been making bags since. Yeah. Not just one person, but more than, more than, more than one person when they're light and bright, 
society lets them move in the way that they're moving and nobody keeps calling them out about the things that they said about dark-skinned black girls. They can just continue with their life and people are actually celebrating wanting them to get more bags. They want them to keep going and keep succeeding, but they seem to save energy specifically for certain types of black women. Yeah. And, and that is bothersome. You have affected so many young black girls who don't feel like they fit into like the norms of what beauty ideals that keep getting shoved down their throats. You are the light to so many. Don't turn off your light because other people don't want to fucking see it. Like fuck them, fuck them and do what you're doing. Obviously take the time to rest, take the time to do you, but also understand that any of those people who left and they were left in a rage and they don't want to follow you no more, fuck them too. Fuck them. They were never part of your tribe in the first place. Things like this happen to get rid of the people that were never meant to continue with you on your journey. More people will come, more people will join you and you'll continue to go towards your glory. Don't let these people take you for a dickhead. Don't let these people take you for a prick. The reason I say that is because, boom, people are trying to have a very, I guess, legitimate, valid conversation about the 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 trauma that a lot of black men have caused online over the years. They want to have this conversation and it's interesting to me that the main people that came to come and derail this conversation were actually other black women. Well, if we're going to bring up this, well, then we need to bring up this. And then everyone's just going back and forth, dragging up shit, dragging up shit. And now you're bringing my name into it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, Kalechi said this, you're a dickhead because I was talking to my friend. And so we're having our intracultural banter. Yeah. She's calling me Nigerian this and we're going back and forth and we're doing our thing. I'm talking to my actual friend. And in another tweet, I'm actually defending you from somebody else who's talking about, oh, well, I wouldn't date this kind of person. I'm like, they wouldn't date you in the first place. Look at your anti-blackness. Fuck off. Like anybody else, it would make sense that I'm out here defending you. But people are so desperate. Other black women are so desperate to tear particular black women down that makes them feel insecure about themselves. They're like, oh, look at this powerful black woman. It makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel intimidated. I want to tear her down. Let me find inconsistencies about the way that she rolls. I've told you already that I'm a dickhead in recovery. There's nothing that you can find that can shame me. God punish you and God punish your entire fucking lineage to think that you could ever try to come for me in the first place. When I tell you that I'm a... I am a child of the universe. Like the Orishas ride for me. Don't ever fucking play yourself to think that I am the one that you'll come and shake. My my ancestors will burn you to the fucking ground if you consistently try it. Yeah. And I want you to ask these people who keep coming at me and keep trying it, have their lives progressed. And I can tell you why their lives are not progressing because I am eternally sanctified. I am eternally blessed. I am eternally anointed. And every time you come at me, you're just telling the universe that you want to fail at life. And so guess what happens? You start failing at life. Come for me only if you want to ruin your own life. Like you literally want to draw energies towards you, demonic energies towards you that will help you in ruining your own life. Keep doing it. Because I know in my heart of hearts that I've done nothing to any of you motherfuckers. Yet you seem to sit online and be like, "Mm, how can I bring her down? Because none of you can argue with the things that I'm talking about because I spit straight truth and I'm only spitting my truth. You can come with your truth and do what you're doing, but everyone's trying to find a category. Well, I don't really think she's a black feminist because she's doing this and she's working with this person. Well, I don't think that she's a, you know, neoliberal this and I don't think that she should be doing this and I don't want her as part of this project because she's just a bit too loud, just a bit too rowdy. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. And I promise you, I give the fuck up. Fuck all of you.
Yeah. Fuck all of you. I don't have to do this. I'm not doing it for any of you. Imagine if I was trying to please other rascal art humans. I'm not out here trying to please any of you, fam. I'm just trying to evolve to the next level. I'm just trying to vibrate fucking higher. I'm just trying to leave a better world for my child than the world that I found. Yeah. That's it. I'm just trying to heal my inner, my inner child, that girl inside of me that was treated in mad ways that didn't even have the things that she should have had growing up. I'm just trying to make a better world for the little girl inside of me. That's all I'm out here doing. Fam, sometimes I'm just tweeting, tweeting about Netflix, this or insecure that. And yet you still want to come at me with energy. And the reason that that's happening, and I keep saying as above, so it's below. This is a spiritual thing that's taking place right now that's playing out. And there's so many dark energies at play. There's so much like death-like energy that's not even regenerative. Yeah. It's a death-like energy that only looks to swallow, that only looks to destroy without putting anything, you know, tangible in its place. And for some reason, you lot want the sacrifice to be black women. How is it that people are trying to have a legitimate conversation about, boom, this black men need to be held account for these things. And it's so possible because you could just be like, you know what? I was rolling really, really mad. Stop trying to say it was a social experiment. Stop trying to say any fuck shit. Stop trying to justify your bullshit. Like, oh, well, you know, it was a face. It was this, have a conversation about how did we end up here in the first place? But nobody wants to sit there and examine their wounds. Everyone wants to talk and do think pieces after the wound has healed or they perceive it to have healed. But no one wants to talk about it while it's smarting, while it's stinging. Nobody wants to do that. And then those of us who are trying to have this process and have um, these conversations play out, oh, we're the ones that need to be brought down because, oh, you can't talk about this because X, Y, Z. Like, fuck off. Fuck off. And the reason that I know that you're not genuine, none of you were genuine when you were out here pulling up shit because I even saw that they were dragging up shit where someone didn't even talk. It wasn't, the tweet wasn't even about a black girl. They were talking about black moon boots or and braids and all of that. Like, you literally searched the person's name, search the word black, and then put all the screenshots together. And you were like, well, up next is this person. Why do you dislike people being successful so much? Why does it hurt you that they, even if, yeah, you knew this person personally and they did you a wrong thing and they treated you bad. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry that they moved like a dickhead towards you. Yeah. Trust and believe that they're probably going through their reckoning and they're trying to sort out their life and they, and hopefully they'll become a better person for it. But if you're going to come with things that you hope will bring them down, at least to have some integrity in your methodology, this isn't, isn't this what you learned at university? The, 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 the integrity of methodology is what informs your practice and it informs what you are then left with. You don't even have good searching skills. Like your skills are shit because you decontextualize everything and it doesn't even make sense what you're putting forward. So when I now, because I'm tweeting... I didn't, first of all, I didn't even know all of this madness was going on. So I jumped online and I was like, Kiki, and people were like, Kalechi, what about you? I said, what? And I read it. I was like, oh, fucking behave me. Are you mad? And then once I explained, I hated the way that there was just silence silence because if you are coming at me with such a vim about well you need to explain this because you're being so jovial and and now i've now explained it or from people who follow me so again these hate followers and i'm i keep telling you that every time i say a prayer of protection around me that anybody that's in my space that shouldn't be there and they're there for bad vibes and they want to bring me down that the angels the archangels with their flaming swords should come and start lambasting you motherfuckers yeah because i i'm no longer doing passive prayers my prayers are violent 
violent. Fam, my prayers are aggressive. I want my angels to start doing boss boss with your with your with, with, with your livelihood. I want my ancestors to start doing dugu dugu bang bang. I want them to do that with your life. That's all I want. Because until you leave me alone, until you let me live my best baby girl life, I want every spiritual force, every spiritual energy that protects me to come and fight you, to beat you to the ground. That is what I want. That is what I want. Because you guys will not let somebody know peace. And I promise you, that is my birthright on this rascal physical plane. I must know peace and you're not going to deny me it. Yeah. So you're following me for what? For what? To come and look for trouble. And then now when I explain, none of you have the integrity. None of you have the accountability that you're asking for me to have to go, you know what? My bad. I get it. Or if you don't get it, ask me to explain further. None of you have that. None of you had that because you can't chat to me. Original baby girl out in these streets, you can't chat to me. Yeah. And this is what a lot of you need to really understand. Stop coming for God's anointed. And I get that you're doing it because the spiritual warfare that you're going through means that you're trying to destroy yourself. So how best can you destroy yourself by going at the people that are that, that are blessed? That, that's, that's why you've got to do it. I get it. I get it, but it's a stupid move. Yeah. And so I looked at all of that. I looked at what was happening to Nella Rose and I thought, but the same guys that were joking about, oh, well, you can rape this person and it's just animal cruelty. All of these lot are minding their business. And don't you, don't you love that about patriarchy? Yeah. When you try to come at the men, they mobilize in a way and they find a way to articulate that, well, we're not going to drag each other online. If we've got anything to say, if that's my boy, I'm going to speak to my boy offline. I'm not going to speak to my boy in front of you lot. I'm not going to drag my boy in front of strangers. Look how they've done that. They've literally doubled down, protected themselves, and they've gone about minding their business and they can continue perpetuating the same misogynoir. They can continue to live another day with that misogynoir. Meanwhile, the black women are here doing, well, you said this and you said black girls shouldn't wear blusher fam the red blusher was a lot like let's 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 you know let's talk about it let's talk about the fact that some of the things that you lot brought up yeah as as much as some things were inexcusable and definitely definitely we need to have a conversation about why those things happened and apologies made for those things but when people have apologized and you're still bringing up their the, the sensitive information about them i think that that's horrible when you're looking to get them fired from things the energy that you don't have for these black men the men generally that you you don't have this energy for them but you've got the energy for your fellow black women why why do you persist in running from peace why yeah so why is it that a lot of these um, messages or these tweets are about makeup or about hair and they're, you know, or lipstick, blusher, you know, cl- clothing? Why? You didn't sit down to ask yourself why, because we have been um, left out, neglected for so long, not inv- included in these conversations when people are um, developing makeup and they're developing this and they're developing that. We weren't shown how to do all of these things until social media, internet came along and we started pioneering that um, research ourselves. You know, YouTube videos and all of these people like testing out these products on themselves and that forced the industry to then include us. But before they did, we were basically bantering ourselves, running around, wearing the blusher, wearing the lipstick that we were wearing because we didn't have anything else. And there is an element of self-loathing there. But when we look at all of it, do we still not come back to the same thing? Patriarchy. Yeah. Because at some point you get tired of being the butt of the joke and you try to get ahead of the joke. That's all I saw. All I saw was hurt. All I saw was pain. All I saw was wounding in a lot of these tweets when I'm looking at black women. Yeah. But when I'm looking at some of the violence that some of these people were inciting with their tweets, some of these men, the violence that they were inciting and you not coming at them with the same energy and you're just happy with their iOS press release and you just want to move on or they're bumbling um, apologies 
apologies that aren't really apologies at all. You're happy with that. But it's black women that you want to bring down. Why? You haven't even interrogated why that self-loathing is so deep that whenever there needs to be a conversation about accountability for these men, you'll try and find a reason to discredit anybody that's part of the conversation while Kalechi can't talk because her partner's white. And isn't she the one that's with a white man because a black man don't want her and da-da-da-da. Fam, I'm buff. Like, let's all be serious, yeah? And this is why I don't have to stress myself out wearing makeup and doing this and doing that online because everybody knows I know, even if you don't know that I'm buff, I don't, I don't have to stress myself. Like I, I'm, I'm cool. I've always been cool out in these streets when it comes to getting man. Like I'm not bothered. And if, if we're saying that attractiveness, we're, we're measuring about how many men people get like fam, don't worry about me. Don't watch me. Don't watch that. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool. My, my current relationship, my current situation is not because of a lack of man. Like please, please not a lack of man, not a lack of woman. I get people them. Yeah. You need to understand that I make choices and I'm the one working and reconciling the choices that I made that is not for you because you don't know anything about my life and that's what's vexing you because you don't know the intricacies and I refuse to share it with you but understand that what you do know is that I'm happy and it bothers you what bothers you is the fact that I have a sense of self that you do not have and, it, and it's really really grinding at you because how dare she how dare this woman just be so sure of herself and be living her truth how dare she I need to find something to pull her down with you can never pull me down because the place that God has placed me is too high for you to ever reach yeah and that's what you need to understand. So it's just really, really weird to me, all of this nonsense that I was seeing. And I just thought I need to remove myself because I'm not going to keep taking these hits for, for you lot. You know, even when I'm speaking up for other black women, I'm speaking up for other black women, things will happen. Corporations will disrespect you, maybe take the things, slogans, this, that, take your images, do this. And I'm always backing it for these people or other um, people come for you and I'm here louding it up and I'm the one that gets my, I'm always doing things when it comes to other black women, yet people want to question my integrity. Go and question the integrity of your mother's fucking birth canal. Go and question the integrity of your mother's fucking pussy. Yeah, don't ever bring that energy to me. Because I'm caught out in these streets. I know myself, yeah? And I'm learning about myself all of the time. And one thing I know of myself is that I know nothing and I'm imperfect, but I am striving the fuck so much to be a better person than I was yesterday. And can any of you man say that? Can a lot of you say that, that sitting online, going and searching as many terms as you can to try and bring this person down? Because, you know, we need to give black women the same energy if we're truly going to have the conversation. The thing is, the, the gag is you're not trying to have the conversation. And that's why you're doing all of this to try to derail the conversation. And lo and behold, it's a black girl that's at the receiving end of the most of it. We started having, trying to have a valid conversation and you ended up with Nella Rose being the one that's suffering for it. Like, fuck all of you lot. And honestly, I give up. It's not me that you're going to use to be doing all of your nonsense with. And I want to put one final thing to you before I actually lock off this thing, yeah? Don't underestimate the power of government um, or officials and, and organizations that are watching us and trying to make sure that we as black people really never mobilize to do anything that benefits us as a whole. The reason I say that is because if these bot accounts, yeah, these organizations could have their bots and their trolls and, and create these algorithms, yeah, that they, they kind of identify who the prominent black voices are on social media. I'm not saying I'm out here, out here, but on social media, they work out the voices that go viral, that are talking to things that go on the news that are doing this, doing that. 
it's funny that somebody said that they want him to make me a cultural intellectual when I'm actually the cultural intellectual. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So they find these people, they look at the conversations that's happening around them. Oh, the thing, the thing that people trust least is because her partner's white. And then they program their bots to come and jump into every conversation going, but your partner's white and Polish, you should stop talking. And then you lot join in and you're having big old discussions with them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Meanwhile, still keeping me tagged in the conversation. And I don't know why the fuck you do that. If you're going to talk with trolls in my mentions, untag me, untag me. Such simple etiquette. If you really cared about me, you really cared about not traumatizing me. I don't know why you'd keep me tagged in a lot of these things. But anyway, just understand that I know that I'm powerful. And I'm sure a lot of organizations that pretend that they don't see me know that I'm powerful too. And so they'll jump in there and they'll try to discredit these things. These are people that infiltrated, you know, um, movements and they infiltrated like um, groups, you know, political groups, activist groups, they did all of that. Fam, they fucked up the um, the election over here. They fucked up Brexit. They fucked up the election in America. These, uh, these, <laughs> yeah, these accounts are very, 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 very good at what they do. So you come in at me and saying, well, your partner's white, so you shouldn't be talking on these things. So if I'm not talking about it, who's talking about it? It's what I'm talking about, invalid. It's what I'm talking about, truth or not. Oh, it's the truth. So then what is your problem? Let me worry about what I'm worrying about and you focus on what you're focusing on. But I promise you that a lot of the times that I'm seeing now, some funny pages. I know that a lot of you girls have your burner accounts and that's where you jump to, to go and message me as well. But I've already told you that thunder will fire you and your life won't progress. But then other people, I'm just thinking that that at this point, I feel like governments are really in here and trying to make sure that no, nobody listened to her because she's a quack and, you know, um, we can silence her by using what they, they already use. And you can't silence me. Yeah. You can't silence me because God gave me my voice and I'll continue to loud it up any way that I want to. Yeah. So on that note, I, there's a massive straw to all the black women who were derailing conversations to the black men that don't want to be um, held accountable to the non-black spectators that thought all of it was hilarious. And they just wanted to stoke the fire just to everybody like suck your mom, suck your mom. I don't give a shit, but for you, Nella Rose, I don't even know you. You don't know me, but I'm just wishing you all of the love and protection during this time. This is why I'm not on social media at the moment, because I'm pretty much tired of this bullshit. And like I said, I give up all of you have at it, ruin your lives, burn everything down to the ground, have no progress. That's for you. That's your personal choice. That's your prerogative. All right. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.